0: Welcome to the D-SHIFT podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-SHIFT. And I have got to tell you, I have somebody who I have actually been in a couple of groups and mastermind programs with, and she is an absolute resource for women over 50. So I would like to introduce you to Lucinda Sykes. And Lucinda is a retired doctor in Canada, I may add. And she's also been a longtime mindfulness teacher, um, again, specializing in assisting women over 50. And today, Lucinda, our topic is going to be about sleep. Right, that was that was our our topic that we were going to focus in on. Oh yes, because oh yes, I'm gonna yeah. I think we've all had that experience where we just hit that all of a sudden we can't sleep anymore. So, Lucinda, tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you what got you interested in this and your area of passion today.
1: Indeed, thank you for this warm welcome, Marty. I'm very glad to be here. Uh, Yes, sleep is my uh, is my. Major interest, my big interest. Uh, my background is in uh, is in medicine, and uh, I had a, a very happy experience in family medicine. But I moved into psychotherapy, and then I discovered mindfulness as a medical program. And uh, since ninety seven, in fact, uh, I've had a clinic in Toronto called Meditation for Health, and we have taught. Uh, well, thousands of people, medical programs of mindfulness. But gosh, there was COVID and we had to uh, you know, stop our in-person uh, care. And uh, so I shifted to online work, Marty. And uh, now for the past couple of years, I've been very focused on uh, the needs of women over 50, especially looking at their needs for better sleep. It's such a common problem.
0: Yeah, and and thank you for that. And so, uh, and I I personally had never had a problem sleeping. Like I was one of those people. I was a a morning person. I could get to sleep by you know ten o'clock. I could be up by five, and I'd be rolling. I hit about I think about 50, 53 ish, and all of a sudden, I could stay yes. up till like two o'clock in the morning, and I was still getting up at five o'clock, and. I wasn't doing anything. I just couldn't get to sleep. So what's going on with us at that point in time?
1: Oh, well, this is one of the reasons that I so appreciate to be in this field of sleep, because it's uh, biologically fascinating. Uh, Sleep involves uh, the major uh, systems of the body. And so imbalances or corrections in any body system can affect our sleep. And in these years of the perimenopause and the menopause, uh, we have important endocrine changes, hormone changes, and they do for many women affect sleep. Uh, Fortunately, once we journey into the years and decades of postmenopausal life, that endocrine imbalance uh, does tend to recede. It's less of a concern, but there may still be a kind of fragility in sleep. And so we do need to care for ourselves and cultivate ourselves, possibly with more care than we used to have back in the good old days before uh, those (laughs) those years happened. Yes, this is life. Yes,
0: yes. yes. So Can you talk a little bit about the importance of sleep in, in our overall health? Because I know that, you know, a lot of people see, well, it doesn't really matter if I don't get regular sleep or if I don't have a bedtime routine or if, you know, if, if, or I can catch up on my sleep on the weekend, even if I don't get it during the week, can you talk a little bit about what the reality is in the role of sleep in health?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. I will go beyond good advice to actually look at the stunning new science that shows us in those crucial hours of sleep, our brain is not asleep, so to speak. Our brain is not offline. It's true that we are not awake. Consciousness is not happening, but the brain is very active during the hours of sleep the brain is cleansing itself in a in a almost an orchestrated pattern and as the brain cleanses itself it also rebalances the information that it has it integrates the memories that we took in during the day and by gosh it can even contribute to our creativity i th- I suspect that most of us in the audience have, from time to time, woken up with a, a new idea or a problem solved, and this is a, almost a universal human experience. Different cultures through the world all have this uh, uh, saying of "I will sleep on it." Yeah. So the sleep years are the sleep um, years. The hours of sleep are so important. But our culture has been a little ambivalent about sleep. We've been kind of given the idea that sleep is something you do if you're a little lazy or not committed to the important goals of life. But it's actually the reverse. By caring for your sleep, deepening your sleep, then you do become more available to the demands of everyday life.
0: So if I was to use an analogy, and correct me if I'm wrong, kind of what your brain is doing in your sleep is sort of like defragging your computer, right? It's getting uh-huh. rid of all these partial files and redundancy. I love that. Is that, is that kind of like a model it. that we Yes, do? yes. Yeah. To the
1: extent we understand the, the brain is... Fascinating. Yeah. And, uh, but we have much evidence now that the information that's in a certain region of the brain, the sort of temporary memory area, then uh, we lay down memories during the day. We go to sleep and that information in the temporary area, we call it the hippocampus, it begins to redistribute into other regions of the brain where it becomes more embedded and becomes a long-term memory. So that's just one of the brain activities that's happening as we sleep. And then let's not overlook the fact that in a way, the brain is the mastermind of the entire body. So sleep is crucial for cardiovascular health, for the health of our heart and our immune system too. The brain is part of the immune system. So sleep is central to most of the body systems. And we need to care for ourselves in this way.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for that. So is do you think that that's part of the reason why if you're not getting enough sleep, you don't, you lose your keys every three seconds. You can't remember where things are, yes. or you forget people's names. Is that all part of yes. what we're experiencing as just kind of a, a deficit in that brain energy level or whatever?
1: Yes. The computer needs to be defragged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. one, okay, yeah.
0: great. So what are some other, well, let me ask you one question because I, I, See this all over the place, this magic number, you need eight hours of sleep. What's the reality around how much sleep we should be getting? Does it change over our lives or
1: where does that go? Well, these are surprisingly um, uh, complicated questions because you see science... Uh, for the most part, scientific research and the theories that come from it are based on um, uh, large populations of people, statistical analysis, uh, looking at tendencies and so we might say, well, the average person needs seven to eight hours of sleep, and so on, and we can look over the lifespan and see a, a, you know some change in that as the years go by. But when you're looking at the individual, and especially the individual as she is right now, then you're on a little thinner ice. It's very valuable to know what is the truth for large populations of people. But then to be judging yourself and pushing yourself to conform to the average, I don't know that that's always appropriate. You know That's why I like to coach women individually, because we can sort of take our time and listen to the deeper nature of the woman herself, rather than trying to uh, apply averages that are true for large numbers of people, but may not be true for her, especially at this time in her life.
0: Okay, so that's yes, really good news, yeah.
1: I'm not avoiding your question, I can no, no. give you... The statistics, and yes, seven to eight hours, that's a nice uh, a summary, and we have the research showing now that uh, folks, if uh, you're getting less than seven hours sleep a night, especially if you're in the mid-years of your life, the 50s or so, uh, then... Uh, and uh, seven is is pretty good. But if you're getting only six hours of sleep, the research begins to show an increased risk of dementia uh, a couple of decades later. Compelling research showing that individuals, uh, these were civil servants in Britain who were getting only six hours of sleep or less a night, uh 20 years later, they had a 30% increase in um, dementia. And Alzheimer's, of course, is our most common form of dementia.
0: Right, right. So really important to focus in on this. Um, I'm wondering, too, if you could talk a little bit about the difference between like six hours of sleep where you go to sleep at say midnight and wake up at six o'clock in the morning or six hours of sleep if you go to bed at nine and then wake up and are awake for a couple of hours at, at midnight and then drift back to sleep and then get back. Yes. Does it need yes. to be continuous
1: or or how does that work? Uh, the, the research suggests that it's valuable to just let the stages of sleep unroll over the night rather than to... Uh, interrupt yourself or be interrupted and you uh, return to wakefulness and then have to again descend into sleep. Uh, There is a very definite pattern to the staging of sleep, and it's probably valuable to allow that pattern to play itself over the night rather than to uh, interrupt Okay. But life is not ideal, uh, especially when women are uh, caring for children. Uh, you know, we have to do what we have to do. And then there's those bathroom breaks. And sometimes that gets the mind going and uh, we our sleep is interrupted. So in the end, ladies, not to worry. Not to worry. The extra worry about I'm not sleeping, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> what's wrong? All of that is is disruptive. Yeah, It accomplishes nothing. And uh, we can just allow ourselves to be as we are. You see, the body, she does know how to sleep. And if we care for her, we do follow some very simple self-care practices, uh, the odds are good that she will regain her natural rhythm of sleep. Even if we are going through an emotional disruption and emotional disruption disrupts our sleep, sure. uh, then over time we return to what our body likes to do, which is to every night she likes to sleep.
0: What's What are a couple of quick little tips that maybe women might want to look at to help sort of get their bodies yes. back into the place to be able to sleep?
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Well, one uh, that is emphasized by virtually all the sleep scientists I know is a regularity or routine. The, uh, the sleep cycle appreciates regularity. Well, the sleep cycle is part of regularity. And we're encouraged to go to sleep or go to bed at the same time each night. We have a bedtime. We never graduate from that. You remember back in childhood, your yes. parents were saying, you go to bed, at your bedtime. Well, ladies, you too have a bedtime And uh, don't be staying up scrolling through Facebook into all hours or watching one more video because you are asking for sleep problems because you're disturbing the natural rhythm that is helping you fall asleep at night and then awaken regularly in the morning. So support this natural rhythm, have a routine, go to bed at the same time and awaken at the same time. And by gosh, if you didn't get enough sleep in the night... Don't lie in bed mulling about trying to get more sleep and so on, because you are without realizing it, you are sabotaging the next night of sleep mm-hmm. instead at your bed. Uh, when it is time to get up, do indeed get up, go into life, be as vigorous as you can, even if you didn't get as much sleep as you wanted, see if you can avoid napping okay. and Then when it's nighttime again, you will very likely find that sleep will be more available. That's And as well, regulate your light during the day. Your uh, inner clock, your circadian clock in your brain there uh, is uh, masterminded by light. So uh, you will find that sleep is more regular uh, if you have a period of light, preferably daylight, Every day, preferably at the same time. Uh, for most people, that will be in the morning. And you would ideally be out into the, uh, into the sunshine, into the daylight, in the morning for uh, about 45 minutes. Um, you could also bring in some activity at that time. Sleep also likes a regular pattern of activity. So it might be nice to take those morning walks. And then in the uh, as the uh, day proceeds and uh, the afternoon comes, you will, if you pay close attention, you will notice that the light of the day becomes a little more, shall we say, yellow. At the height of noontime, there's a kind of bluish cast to the light. And then as the daylight is fading, we go more into the yellow tones. This is deep in our biology, in fact. Blue light is especially stimulating. It helps to wake us up. Uh, But the downside of that is that blue light also suppresses melatonin. That's our main sleep hormone. So if we are exposing ourselves to lots of light at the end of the day, especially light of a bluish cast, we are delaying our natural decline into sleep and Unfortunately, a lot of the blue light these days is coming from all those devices Devices. that we like. We like the television and we like the computer and those handheld devices. They are giving us lots of blue light and they will be uh, suppressing our melatonin. And this is not conjecture. There are many studies showing that, for example, if you at night before bedtime, you are using an e-reader, there's lots of blue light from that, your sleep will be subtly but significantly affected by that. Please if you're reading uh, at nighttime lying propped up in bed choose a book be old fashioned yes. <laughs> uh, you can use a light but maybe it's a light with a, a more of an amber quality rather than this penetrating blue light quality that we get maybe from fluorescent lights. That's another source.
0: Yeah. And I've actually saw, like, I know my computer that I just bought, I, I bought a large, a larger monitor um, and it ha- actually has a blue light filter setting. It makes everything look a little yes. dimmer, but I use it all the time. Yes. Because, you know, quite often I am working yes. late in the evening, but I've noticed a big change. Like it really, I do find yes. I to sleep a little uh, easier.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, if we thing. can trust the technology, I mean, that's another question. Uh, I was just in the sh- shopper's drug mart or our local drugstore and seeing that now they're selling. Um, glasses that claim to be blue light filters. And again, if we can trust the technology, then we can expect that wearing such glasses for a few hours uh, before we plan to sleep would, would probably help our brain to release more melatonin and we will be guided more readily into sleep. Thank you. Thank
0: you for those are really helpful tips. Now I
1: do want to talk to you about one thing. Um,
0: What about the use of medications for sleep? I know that that's something that a lot of women, especially when they're going through menopause, they go to their doctor, they say, I can't sleep. Their doctor goes, here's some sleeping pills Um, or, uh, you know, um, or even over the counter kind of sleeping pills that, you know, people can take or buy or, uh, you know, what's the, what's the reality or what's the effect on the body of using those kind of things?
1: Thank you so much for that question, Marty. That may be the most valuable contribution I can make uh, uh, to the lives of at least some listeners. Uh, Especially now that I am retired from medicine, I find that I can speak more forthrightly about the dangers of uh, sleeping pills. And I choose that word carefully. Uh, Sleeping pills are indeed dangerous. And I am not uh, a quack. I uh, completed my medical career, and career with an unblemished, unblemished record, and I still hold my profession in high esteem. Uh, but the uh, regulatory bodies of medicine, both in North America and Europe, are in pretty much universal agreement. sleep prescription, uh, uh, Prescriptions for sleeping pills should be no longer than three or maximum four weeks. And if you look at the research carefully, gosh, ladies, I suggest don't take sleeping pills for longer than two weeks. The crucial problem is that these pills interfere with that process of brain cleansing and brain integration that I mentioned earlier. It's true that they may help us lose consciousness. We're not awake when we're under the influence of sleeping pills, but the brain is not functioning in a natural uh, form. And that may be why all the research, and I'm referring now to dozens of studies, show a heightened risk of uh, dementia for uh, people taking sleeping pills, a heightened risk, um, this is disturbing, uh, a higher mortality rate. Amongst people taking sleeping pills, uh, an increased risk for heart problems, infection, and um, accidents too. Yeah. Sleeping so- pills are largely a bad idea, except they're good in an emergency. If you are sleepless maybe you've just discovered uh, the disturbing facts that are leading to your marital breakdown Uh, quite rightly your caring physician will prescribe sleeping pills because they don't want you to get the habit of sleeplessness and that will tide you over very much I hope I hope help you for a few weeks so that you can in your natural way recover so that you don't know no longer require the chemicals that are, let's face it, they're interfering with natural brain function. Right, Because you don't want to have a trauma in your life, which uh, interferes with your sleep, but because you then become habituated to sleeping pills, you're left with a kind of dependency, which ultimately is undermining your health.
0: Thank you. And thank you for that. And so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. So if this is outside of where you feel comfortable answering, please just let me know. What about what about new products on the market that are natural, like melatonin, CBD, CBN? There's a whole bunch of those yes. cannabinoids that are coming out. Or even the use of marijuana, if you're in a place where it's legal. I know it is in Canada. I know it is in several yes. states in the United States. What, is there any benefit for using that in lieu of sleeping pills, or is it kind of the same, it's kind of the same
1: problem? Well, it's a very interesting question. In fact, I have been knee deep in the research for some time. I'm even going to be speaking on a podcast uh, devoted to marijuana uh, about this topic. And um, first off, any substance that activates the brain, if you continue to take that substance over time, your brain will adjust to the presence of the substance. The, it's, the brain does this, and thank goodness it, it wants to stay balanced. And so if there's a chemical on board, it's on board for a while, the brain will be changed. And then when we decide to stop that chemical, the poor brain has to change back again. So we get the phenomenon of what we call tolerance. The substance loses its effectiveness. And then when we stop the substance, we get the phenomenon of withdrawal. Mm -hmm. For example, if you're taking a sleeping product of any sort, legal or illegal, uh, over-the-counter or prescribed, uh, you take it for a while, and then it usually will lose some of its uh, capacity to help you sleep. And then further, when you stop taking it, by gosh, you're going to think, oh, my insomnia is back. But in actual fact, what you're suffering from is a withdrawal from the substance that you were taking for such a time. Now, that's a kind of universal physiological truth. And it will apply to these other other products, other substances. Uh, The research is not yet there for me to cite uh, research about the use of cannabinoids or maybe more generally marijuana for sleep. Uh, so I won't, I, I hesitate to comment on that. Sure. But fine. you know, if you can that's sleep fine. well without um, taking something, as they say, then that is the route you want. Yeah. And if you need to, as they say, take something, let it be a kind of one-off For a very short period of time, do not develop habits whereby your body has to habituate. It has to, the brain has to rebalance in order to tolerate this uh, chemical.
0: Yeah, I think that is wonderful advice. So thank you, Lucinda. And I really appreciate, because you are such an expert, I really appreciate the fact that you're not going to make wild conjectures. (laughs) You're just, you're talking from the research and from your knowledge. So um, I really do appreciate you doing that because- so many people just answer questions and then it's kind of like, no. where did you get that? So I really um, honor your your ability. No, I feel
1: responsible. This yeah. is so important. It see. is. This is a
0: really important yeah. topic. So we have covered a ton of information. It's hard to believe 25 minutes have gone by here because yeah. it's been absolutely it's so good speaking
1: with you, Martin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think, Lucinda, is the one thing you would like women listening to this podcast or men who may be listening in to remember when they take out their earbuds and go on about their day.
1: First is that there is room and even reason for optimism. Your, your body wants to sleep and it does know how to sleep. I'm emphasizing the body folks, because it's not the mind that takes us into sleep. It's the body. So if you are having transient sleeplessness due to life circumstances Ride the boat. Maybe your physician gives you a short course of sleeping pills to get you through. Ride the boat. And however, in a short while, you're going to be able to help things to stabilize, care for your, your, your sleep. Uh, there are, uh, your physician will give you uh, lists of uh, good advice. Heck, I've got a good list called Happy Sleep Secrets. Uh, good advice as to how you can care for your sleep and follow the advice. Don't just read it and then think that's a good idea and then carry on with life. Care for your, your body, your sleep, as you would care for your beloved child or your beloved pet your dog needs to go out every day. Well, take yourself out into the sunshine every day at a regular time, that kind of thing, so that you are caring for yourself so that your body can regulate once again.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for that. That's a really good thing. Do something regular every day in the morning, get outside, get some fresh air, get some sunshine. Sounds like a great Sounds like a great mission. So Lucinda, if people want to learn more about what you do or perhaps work with you to get assistance with getting back into uh, a healthy sleep pattern, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Well, thank you for that question, Marty. There's uh, two questions in that, really. I do offer private coaching for women who are wrestling with sleep problems, especially if you've had sleep problems for a long time. I really do like to help. If you're dependent on the sleeping medications, I I can assist you with that period, even though your physician, of course, will be involved. Uh, Find me uh, in that capacity at at my website, which is my name, uh, Lucinda Sykes. MD. Don't forget the MD, lucindasykesmd.com. You'll have a website there. I'll give you lots of information about me and a way to contact me if you are interested in uh, private uh, coaching. As well, you're very welcome to download my, my uh, colorful little PDF called Happy Sleep Secrets, which uh, is science-based, uh, summarizing uh, the most crucial ways that you can support your sleep. And that uh, Happy Sleep Secrets is available for free download at lucindagift.com. It's uh, all one word, uh, lucindagift.com.
0: Thank you so much. And all that information will be in the show notes. Um, And so people can get, and I'm going to encourage you to reach out, take a look at Lucinda's website. It's got a ton of information. So Lucinda, thank you so much for being on the D Shift. We have really appreciated this. And I know this has been helpful to a lot of people, including myself. So thank you for your expertise.
1: Thank you for this today, Marty, for good meeting. Yes.
0: Again, yes. And I would like to encourage everybody, keep listening for the next episode of the D-Shift and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, Head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.